This is Pastor Aaron at Oasis Baptist Church, and thank you for checking us out online. I pray that this message is an encouragement to you. I am I'm going to do my best this morning to share with you uh, a story that I've never shared, but I'm going to share a lot of my testimony over the last 12, 13 years of my life and uh, how God has been moving in me, and I felt that uh, it was something to do that I needed to do, one that I just truly felt God was tugging on my heart to share, but also as we continue to press on here at Oasis. And so I, I share this, one, it's extremely personal to me, and many of you have been along this journey with me uh, for the last several years, and so many of the things that I will share today will uh, ring with some of you. But the other aspect of that is this, every person that sits in this room today has a story of how God has done something in your life. And so I pray that this is encouraging uh, to you, but I just felt that God was urging and tugging on my heart to share how He has been moving in me for quite some time. Uh, this, the title of today has been My Peace, uh, that I am a peace, that, that my piece of the puzzle, if you will, is vital. Everybody that came in this morning got a small piece of a puzzle. If you didn't, we'll be able to give you those, but uh, we're going to use that as just a simple illustration, but my piece of the puzzle, that, that your story matters, my story matters, regardless of our fears, our insecurities, uh, God has brought each of us to this place, and you and I are vital pieces of the puzzle of God. I believe that uh, over the last several months, the last couple months, we've talked about examining the heart, we talked about out of the heart, and both of those I feel just kind of flow with what we're talking about today. As we looked initially that examining the heart, we looked at how uh, as we just kind of dive in, uh, where am I in my walk with God, and, and as we examine who we are, where we are, uh, that God would then begin to flow out of the heart was what we did. And so we looked initially that because of, uh, if you were with us and examined the heart, because of the resurrection of God, we talked about that we could be thankful in all things. So we started that right around Thanksgiving time. And so we, we looked at that and then we just continued to build on that based upon the resurrection. Because of that, I can do this because that is, uh, that is what we have, <coughs> what we have. And then we came to out of the heart and we looked at um, that as we examined that our actions would flow from the heart, which ultimately come from a life change of the gospel message of Jesus Christ. The more that we grow into the gospel, we become like Christ. We act like it, like him. We, we say things and we do things to, uh, because we are becoming more and more like him. We understand we are His. We understand that our things are His, that, uh, that the more that we, we draw and we grow closer to Him, we are His for, for, for Him. We exist for Him. And I've experienced this. The more that I've examined and drawn closer to Him, the more and more the struggles that I face, the fears that I face, the anxieties that we might have, the insecurities that we might have, slowly begin to go away. And as I've become more confident in Him, because I've begun to know Him more and love Him more and trust Him more, I have been able to uh, release some of the things that I have held on to. I'm going to use this statement over and over and over again throughout the morning, but it says this, Among the thousands of pieces formed, God's chosen you. And in the midst of your insecurities and fears, He is with you. 
God has formed me. God is with me. God knew and knows what He was doing when He created and designed me or He created and designed you the piece of the puzzle, your piece of that puzzle. God never made a mistake when He created you. Today, every one of us sit inside the walls of Oasis Baptist Church, which you may not know this has existed for nearly 60 years inside of this valley. And you are a piece of the puzzle that is Oasis. Whether you've been here for 50 plus years like Alan or 40 plus years like Miss Tammy, or you've been here for three weeks, you are a piece of the puzzle, the history of Oasis Baptist Church. And God has yet to make a mistake. And by Him drawing and urging you to be a part of this family, or maybe you're looking for for what that family would be like, He has equipped you to be a vital piece of the family of God. And today and into this year, Oasis, our desire is to just simply come alongside of you. To be a guide, to be a help, to be a resource, to be an encouragement that your walk with God would draw closer to Him. Listen, the reality is, I am not the one that's going to solve your issues. Oasis will not solve your problems. We want to point you to God who can, but we aren't a hero. Oasis isn't the place. But we want to come alongside of you. We want to hold your hand until you can stand up on your own. And then when you're standing up on your own and you're walking on your two feet, so to speak, and you're going to reach back and you're going to grab somebody else and do the same thing, we just want to be a part of that resource. We want to be a tool. We want to be a help. Our desire to Oasis is to be passionate followers of Christ. And we want to walk beside you, give you tools, hold your hand, encourage you to be the most passionate follower of Christ that you can be. But, this is kind of where the story kind of starts, if you will. What I have found over the last year, really more than that, but as I have really truly began to just examine who I am and where I'm at, here's what I have experienced. In order for me to be the passionate follower of Christ that I need to be, I have got to get out of the way. I've got to get out of the way. If you are going to truly seek after God and you want to be a passionate follower of Christ and you want to be used in certain ways, we have got to get out of the way. God formed me. God ordained me. God sanctified me. And before I came out of the womb, but I doubt I have insecurities, I have questions, I make excuses, I get in the way of understanding this statement again. Among the thousands of pieces formed, God's chosen, and I made it personal, God's chosen me. And in the midst of my insecurities and fears, He is with me. And so this morning, we're going to look at some of that thought, but we're going to go to Jeremiah chapter 1. And the reason that we're going to Jeremiah chapter 1 is this, is this has been a passage of Scripture that has been such... An encouragement to me. This was a passage of scripture that it was um, a little over six years ago when I became the pastor at Oasis Baptist Church. A gentleman who was a friend of ours or a friend of mine that I probably hadn't spoken in, spoken to in probably two, three, four months, walked into our office, had no idea of anything that was taking place, and when I shared with him some of what was going on, he looked at me and he said. Jeremiah chapter 1, you need to read it. And having known some of the story, I went back and I read it again. And probably six, seven months, 
Every Sunday morning before I would leave my office to go down and speak before people, I would read this passage of Scripture. Because I would say some of these same things that Jeremiah had said. God, I don't know what to say. God, I'm probably not the guy that needs to be doing this. And I would say, God, you're going to have to cover my eyes and you're going to have to touch my lips and you're going to have to speak today. Because I'm afraid. I don't know what to say. And this passage of Scripture has just been a a huge encouragement to me. And I'm going to share this morning from this passage of Scripture uh, a couple thoughts. And then we'll be out of here before 2 o'clock is the goal. So, (laughs) Jeremiah chapter 1. Hey, if I set a a goal and I meet it, that's what we're after, right? Setting goals and meeting them. Jeremiah chapter 1, starting in verse number 4, it says this. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Father, you know my heart today. And I ask that you would use this passage to touch our hearts. But you, Lord, use today to just be an encouragement. Lord, as we look back, that this would be a day that we kind of, uh, we move forward at Oasis, that we saw something happen, that uh, God, we... Uh, we're revived, if you will, that you would uh, use us as we continue to press in to know you more, to love on the community that's around us. For it's in Jesus' name that I pray, amen. My first thought this morning is this, God chose and formed you to be the perfect peace for his plan. God chose and formed you to be the perfect peace for his plan. This passage speaks of how God formed you. He made you. Even deeper than that, it says that he he knows you. He knew you before you were formed. God knew your DNA. God knew the plan that he had for you long before anyone. Ephesians chapter 1 says it this way, that before the foundations of the earth, God knew and chose you. God knew Jeremiah, it says, before he came. Have you stopped and thought about that? Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet. Listen, God knew you. God knew Jeremiah. God knew that Jeremiah was going to be called to do something that he didn't think that he could, he could do. God knew that Jeremiah was going to be called to stand before the children of Israel as a prophet and look at them in a mess and not have a clue how he was going to do it. God knew it. Which is exactly what Paul, Pete, Paul said. Hey, I, God knew before the foundations that he chose you. God knew where you would be. He knew your parents. He knew your situation. Just stop. Sometimes we, we say, well, you don't understand all of my story. 
You don't understand where I've come from. You don't understand all of these things about my life. And I would stop and I would say, I may not, but God did not place you in your family, in your circumstance by accident. See, God started from way before to begin to prepare you each and every step of the way to get to be exactly where he had called you to be. Your, your story might come from divorce. Your story might come from a Christian home. Your story might come from abuse. Your story might come from whatever it is. But it did not catch God by surprise. Before you were formed in the womb, God knew you. And so I start with my story this morning and I would say this. Before I was formed, God was working a, a plan in me. And there were certain things that had to take place at the foundation in order for me to do and to be who I need to be here. For me, fortunate enough, I grew up in an incredible Christian family. I had great, great parents. We were in church. I would say the three things that really kind of encompassed our family when I was growing up was church and family and sports. Maybe sports is a, a little more of an emphasis than it should be, but a lot of sports. But we spent time together. I remember going back to different days. I remember looking through pictures of, of when we were growing up and uh, seeing Dad in the, the cool short shorts that they used to wear back in the day. Back on our, our playground in the back, the, the swing set. None of you need to see those, I promise. But I remember time together. I remember when we decided, when my parents decided to get a swimming pool, an above ground swimming pool, and us and the neighbors decided we we're going to build this swimming pool. And we dug it out and we put it in and we did all those things. There were things that I remember, but as a family, there were things that we did in church, family, and sports. I look back at sports and I, I use sports analogies often, but I think of sports and I think of, man, it was in sports a lot of it that I learned as a, as a little guy. That it was okay to lose. Man, we don't teach our kids to lose now. Everybody gets a trophy. We can go down that road for a long time. But I learned to defeat as a child playing sports. I learned a lot of things. I learned parts of leadership. I learned that when somebody said no, that you could continue to work and become better to maybe prove them wrong. I learned a lot when it came to sports. Sports is some of the greatest life lessons you can ever learn are through sports. But I, I, I learned a lot in sports. I learned as I got older that I recognized through sports that there was leadership capabilities inside of me. I was not afraid to yell at the guys that were older than me. To get in their face when it came to an athletic. I wasn't that, those weren't things that were fearful to me. But I also learned in that that if I'm going to expect something from you, I better be doing it and working that much more difficult, more hard. When it came to the gym, if I was going to push you to be in the gym and to push you to work harder, I had better be there to show that I'm going to lead by that example. I learned a lot of things when it came to, to sports and leadership and all these different things. And as I look back and I look at my family, I look at all of those things. They all had a piece of everything that I was doing and that I would become. My oldest sister running away when I was a sophomore in high school impacted my life in a great way. It impacted our whole family. 
when I moved out of the house, and I didn't move out of the house, but as I was uh, out of high school, my younger sister becoming pregnant as a senior in high school impacted me. But it was a part of the process that God was moving, God was molding to make me who He wanted to be. Out of high school, I, all I wanted to do was play baseball. I could care less about school. I could care less about anything. I just want to play baseball. Well, I realized that I had to go to school to do that, so I decided, you know what? I'm just going to go to work. And I began to work. 18 years old, I just began to throw blocks as we would make basements. All day, 8-inch cinder blocks. All day. That's all I did. I was one buff dude. (laughs) That's all I did. Mix mud and lay, set block up for everybody. And I learned how to do some of that, but I, I worked and I worked and it was about... I was 19 years old, and I thought, you know what? I don't know that I want to lay block all day. I'm in Ohio. Guess what happens in Ohio? It gets cold in the winter. Right now, it's really cold, and it's snowing. Guess what block layers don't do? Work. That doesn't make sense. So I'm like, man, i got to figure something out. So I went, and I started doing finished carpentry. He started to not have work. I'm like, man, i got to figure something out. Went to radio television broadcasting school. It was a 10-month program. Got my associate's degree. Loved what I was doing, working with sports programs. I was working with the Cleveland Indians at the time, and I was doing other stuff through internships, and I had options to go. And I came to the end of all that, and I'm like, this just isn't what I want to do. I wasn't happy. Because, see, when I was a senior in high school, I knew that God had kind of tugged on my heart to go into ministry, but I said, no, I'd rather play baseball, or I'd rather go and make money, and so I began at 19 years old, I recognized this, and as I was in a service, just like one of these, the pastor was preaching, I have no idea what he preached on, I just wept throughout the half, latter half of the service, I went home, and I went, I was still crying, and I didn't understand what was going on, and it was about midweek, I believe it was a Wednesday, I went in, my mom was in her bedroom, and I went into the bedroom, I sat on the bed, and I said, mom, um, I'm pretty sure God's called me in a ministry. And I need to do that. And like every awesome mom does, my mom says, I know. <laughs> Not, oh, that's so great, Aaron. Let's figure this out. She looked at me and she said, no joke. She said, I know. I've known that for a long time. But at that time, I was engaged I had to go to Mindy, and I'm like, um, sorry to break it to you, I'm not going this route, I'm going to college in Virginia. You want to come with me, or we can call this a day? Mindy went with me, we went to Virginia, we went to school, and we moved there, and eventually we got married, but, but we were there. And every one of those pieces... I missed a whole lot, was a part of God moving and working in me. Making a decision to go into ministry was a part of that. My family as a childhood was a part of that. Every piece of that puzzle was perfect the way that God needed me. He gave me experiences. He was building in me to be what He had called me to be. God chose and formed me to be the piece perfect for His plan. Among the thousands of pieces formed, God chose you. And in the midst of your insecurities and fears, He is with you. 
You are one of the thousands formed or millions formed. Let me just ask you as we move forward. Let me just stop and I would encourage you. Maybe you can't just sit here today and do this. But go back to the foundations of your family, your life. And begin to go through those storylines. And watch how God has taken little pieces that you never realized. And He has used it for God's glory. It, it might have been a horrible situation. But God was not in, he wasn't caught off guard by that situation, and he will use it to do something amazing. God chose and formed you to be the perfect piece for his plan. The second thought is in the midst of your insecurities and fears, God never left you. In the midst of your insecurities and fears, God never left you, or God never left me. Jeremiah was called to lead. He was called to speak. And he said, but we look at this passage. Lord God, in verse 6, behold, I cannot speak. I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee. And whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Jeremiah said, I can't speak. God, I don't know exactly what to say or what to do. God, I am scared. God, I'm nervous. God, I don't have the ability. I just cannot do this, God. Paul said it this way in 2 Corinthians. Who is sufficient for these things? In chapter number 3 and verse number 5, he says, uh, Paul says this, Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of our, as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Paul said, who is ready for the ministry? <laughs> That's what he was speaking here. Who is ready to do this? God told Jeremiah to go where he had sent him. To speak what he would have him to say and not to be afraid. Maybe you are different than Jeremiah and myself. Man, I was afraid. I would say more like this. God, I want to go. God, I want to say it. But I'm scared. And that fear is paralyzing. Because so often we forget the piece of this passage that says, But I am with you. I have formed you. I have prepared you for that specific moment. So for me, we had moved, Mindy and I got married in July of 2002, we moved uh, to Virginia there, we got a house or an apartment there, we graduated in 04, and in that time my parents had moved here and we had been traveling back and forth visiting, and I felt God had moved in my heart to, to come to Vegas, and after a summer of just praying and praying and praying, we finally uh, moved and we ended up in Las Vegas in August of 2004. Madison was uh, due in November. And so we were uh, moving to a new city, getting a new life, a new job, a new everything. A brand new baby was to come. And my passion was and still is young people. I felt called to Vegas to reach young people for the Lord. My dream was to build a youth center. I don't know what you did in class when you were in college or in high school, but I jotted down dreams. And I began to sit in college classes when I was supposed to be paying attention to a lot of things, I'm sure. 
And I'm kind of kicking myself that I didn't bring my notebook that I had where I just had a couple pages full of what I wanted to do in Las Vegas. I wanted to build a multi-million dollar facility where teenagers would come and be loved on after school, where teenagers would, would come and young people would come and they could uh, get their help with tutoring and they, would, uh, they could get all of the things that teenagers want, a gymnasium to go play in because they have nowhere else to go. And I, I had a dream to build this big youth center because my goal was to reach teenagers in Las Vegas. And so I come and I take a position with a ministry that had just started a brand new kind of kickstart church and I was going to reach all of Las Vegas and we take this position and it was a thriving youth group of about two kids. Mindy and I, was it four? Was there four of us? So it was Mindy, myself and four kids the first Wednesday night. We set up chairs for about 20, four showed up. And it was in December of 2006 that we left that place and there was about 80 kids. And we felt God had moved in us and there was a lot that went into that, but God was moving and God had worked. And for the first time in ministry, at age 26, I thought that things were happening. Man, God had called me to be a youth pastor and we were, we were leading teenagers to the Lord and lives were being changed. We went from two or four to about 80 kids on a regular basis. We kicked the adults out of the auditorium and we took the auditorium on Wednesday nights and we were rocking and rolling and God was moving. And on a Sunday afternoon, I went and had lunch, dinner, and the pastor said, Aaron, we would like for you to resign and take this other position. First time ever in my life at 26 in ministry. Gut punch. Air taken out. Feet just done wiped right off of me. I felt like I just, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to react. And I was angry. I was hurt. I didn't understand. And Mindy, Madison, Riley was two months old, and myself found ourselves at the doorstep of Oasis Baptist Church. Many of you that still sit in this room today knew me at 26, at the doorstep, if you will, of Oasis Baptist Church. I was not a happy guy. I may have looked the part, I may have tried to act the part, but I was not happy. I was not understanding. I was miserable and see, there was things that took place 12 years ago that I never re realized up until the last six months of my life. And I'll speak of that shortly. But I was unhappy. Bills were piling up. Life was not what I had planned for it to be. I was doing work that I did not want to do. Six to seven months went by. We had joined membership of Oasis and I sat in the chairs that you sat in. Pretty much literally the chairs you sat in because those chairs were over at that property. I began to serve a little bit more and I began to just say, God, I don't know what you have. I don't understand. 
And I get a phone call on a Friday afternoon. I was working with Rich at RCBB off of Lake Mead Parkway. Hated my job, loved Rich, hated my job. <laughs> but it was several months earlier, Rich looked at me and said, hey, we'll make sure that your family's taken care of. Why don't you come to work? And I started working. See, I wish my family was taken care of financially a little bit better than they were. And that's what I was thinking of financially. And Rich helped finances, but Rich just loved me. A punk 26-year-old who was just unhappy. Six, seven months go by and I was just, God, you've got to do something. God, there's got to be something. I don't know what's happening, but there's got to be something. And I get a phone call from my friend Tom back in Lynchburg, Virginia, who was the youth pastor at Thomas Road Baptist Church, and he was the junior high pastor, and he was going up to be the senior high pastor. And he said, Aaron, hey, I've got, I've got a job for you if you want to come out. Friday afternoon, I left the office. I went out into the parking lot. I began to cry, and I called Mindy. And I said, you'll never believe it. I just got called. Tom wants us to come back to Virginia to be the junior high pastor at Thomas Road. Now, you may not know anything about that, but that's one of the places. If you're in youth ministry, you want to be there. More students than are in this auditorium today. And I'm like, man, I told many, that's a dream job. We've got to go. I don't have a job here. I'm miserable. We hate life. Monday, I get on the phone and I call Tom and I say, Tom, I have no idea why I'm telling you this, but I can't take this job. Tom says, oh, no problem, Aaron. It's not a problem at all. I said, no, Tom. And I literally, this is exactly what I said. Tom, you have no idea. It is a problem. Because I hate what I'm doing. And I want to go. But I can't. I can't leave Las Vegas. And so from that time on, it was uh, several months later that somebody from Oasis had reached out and asked if I would want to be a part of the school at the time and if I wanted to teach and I came on staff at Oasis. I've pretty much had done everything at this point now. I've, I've taught at the academy. I was a youth pastor. I led worship. I've been a part of many administrative things. And November 2nd, 2012 was a Friday night. I was leaving the office. Day I'll never forget all my life. As I was leaving the office, it was one of those things, I'm like, man, there's something that's just not right, but my job had been done, I needed to go, and I believe, was your parents, in, somebody was in town, or something was happening. So I left, I walked down the stairs, and I left, and a phone call came later that evening, 6, 7 o'clock at night, Aaron, there's a meeting we need you at tomorrow afternoon, where I'll be resigning. And I need you at the meeting. My life changed. Literally. In a phone call. Many of you have been there. But I went to this meeting. Saturday afternoon. I sit at the table. We all talk. The leadership and people, whatever. What are we going to do now? For the rest of my life, I'll never forget Alan Cabrales. If if for nothing else, I'll never forget for Alan, Alan Cabrales on that night when he looked down the table and he said, well, Aaron's ordained. He's been here for several years. He can do it. I don't know that there was an amen at that point in my life. 
But I just literally, I sat there, well, sure, let's do it. We'll have church. And my thought was that, we'll have church. And I came home and I told Mindy and Sunday morning came and resignation happened. Preaching the following week. Not good at all. (laughs) You see, I was very comfortable leading music. I was very comfortable working with students, overseeing aspects of ministry. But I was so uncomfortable. I felt so unprepared. I felt so unqualified. I felt so much like not the guy that needed to do that. See, all I wanted to do throughout ministry was just lift up the pastor that I was serving. That was my goal. That was my job. If I could just serve you well, serve God and serve you well and just lift up your arms so that you can do what you need to do. I am great in doing that. I would love to do it. But I couldn't let things die. See, I wish I could stand before you and say, when Alan said that or when all of those things came about or when I stood before our church on those coming weeks that I stood there going, yep, this is what I've dreamt of my whole life, that I would take this pastoring and I would be the pastor. There wasn't one ounce of me that had a desire to be a pastor. I just wanted to serve. Youth pastor, awesome. Lead worship, amazing. Let's do it. There wasn't anything in me that wanted to do that, but here's what was in me. I loved Oasis. I could not allow doors to close. There was something in me that literally, I just, I told Mindy, I said, I don't know how long this is going to be. We may be the people that are here so that we could keep it afloat until somebody comes and can do something with it. But I cannot just walk away. I can't just walk away. I just felt that urge. I felt that I needed to make sure that the door stayed. And there are so many details inside of the story that I'm not hitting on. But as we look at this in the face of our fears, in the face of my fears, I just like Jeremiah was afraid. I couldn't. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do when I stood. And I'm telling you, I, I don't know how horrible it was in those early days to stand in front of me as I preached. But I literally... I feel like the only thing that I had to do was to just stand. Because I didn't feel like anything that I said was worthy of anything. I was scared to death. I was preaching to people that were two times, not just two times my age, they had been saved two and three times. They had been saved longer than I had been alive. I didn't have the qualifications. I didn't have all those things. I was afraid. And every morning I would stand on a Sunday morning and say, God, I don't know what to say. I'm not the right person. I can't do this. God, I'm pretty sure you messed this one up. I'm not the only person who's been there. See, my peace wasn't ever messed up. The piece of the puzzle that you hold, if you will, Your peace has never been messed up. God did not make a mistake in you. He formed you. He made you. He called you. He ordained you. Long before the earth was ever put in motion, 
God knew you. And there was no messing up. My piece of the puzzle was always just as vital. I just hadn't come to the place of trusting and saying, God, you formed me. You ordained me. You sanctified me. And you're going to carry me through this. Among the thousands of pieces formed, God, you chose me. And in the midst of my insecurities and my fears, you are with me. I had yet to come to that place of just saying, God, I, it's okay. And I'd ask you today, what fears, what insecurities, what heartaches, what hardships, what's stopping you today from saying, God, you didn't mess this one up. You didn't mess this one up. I pray this morning as I wrap this up with my last thought that it all pulls together and that all these pieces, parts kind of make sense as to where I'm going with this today. My last thought is in the midst of my insecurities and fears, God said, go. I have prepared the right piece for Oasis. It's been six years. Oasis has overcome some of the most difficult things any church could ever overcome. I don't share this because I want you to just hear about me and hear about my story, but I, I want you to listen to this. Because I think this is so many of us that sit here today. I come to you and I have no apologies At the journey that God has brought me through. But I do come to you. And hear me out. But I say I'm sorry. That as your leader. As your pastor. I've tried to lead and. I've been so fearful. I've tried to lead and I've been so insecure. I don't know how many times many of you have said, Pastor, you need to stop saying that. You need to stop apologizing. See, early on I was, oh yeah, I know, I know. But until I saw it and recognized it and stopped and had to look back and begin to deal with a lot of these things that I'm talking of today, it didn't really catch me. It didn't make sense. Because for far too long, the man that you stare at and stand at or you look at and you talk to, I've apologized for why I stand where I stand. I've apologized for being the pastor of Oasis Baptist Church. I'll talk to pastors, I'll talk to men, I'll talk to different people, and they'll ask me, you know, who are you, where are you from, and I'm the pastor of Oasis Baptist Church. And they'll begin to ask questions and talk, and I'll initially, it, I'll, it almost, it's, 
It's sad. I look back and it's sad. I'll go back and I'll apologize as to how I took over. I've never wanted to be a pastor, but the pastor resigned and here I am. That's a true story. But there was no mistake in that story. There was no mistake in it. Because I, yes, I was the last guy standing. But I wasn't the last guy standing because God didn't know what he was doing. God called and placed me exactly where he needed me to be. And listen, God called and placed you exactly where you need to be. Your piece of the puzzle is not messed up. Before the foundations of the world were formed, God chose you. God chose me. And listen, I stand before you today. My piece of the puzzle, my story has hurts. My story has pains. My story has insecurities and fears. Listen, I had no idea what to do six years ago. I didn't. When I said we would have church, literally, that's what I meant. We would hold church on Sunday morning. Jeremiah said, God, I can't. I'm a child. I fear the people that stand before me. He was to be the prophet. He was to speak to them. He was to encourage them. He was to do all those things. And he said, but God, I can't. And God said, no, 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 no. Young man, not today. Not today. Because today... Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee. I will deliver thee. And the Lord put forth his hand, touched his mouth, and said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in my mouth, in thy mouth. He says this, See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out, to pull down, to destroy, to throw down, to build, and to plant. This morning, you might sit here and go, what in the world? Why are you sharing all these things? I hope that's not your feeling. But this year, for me, has been one of the toughest years of transition that I've experienced. Which really drew me to begin to do a lot of reflection We've brought Dan on. Dan's been a year and a half, just, just shy of a year and a half. And in the midst of that, I would begin to get frustrated with Dan. Then I'd have to stop and I'd have to look in the mirror and go, wait, but I can't be frustrated with Dan because I didn't lead him in the manner to do the thing that I thought that I wanted him to do. I don't know. He doesn't read minds very well. I haven't figured it out. But so in that process, I began to do a lot of self-reflection. And I began to look in the mirror and ask a lot of questions of myself and begin to uh, just think. And a lot of this today has come from all of those things. And as I have looked and as I have 
read through a lot of things, I began to understand that in the midst of my fears and insecurities of leading Oasis, I haven't led with vision. I began to stop and realize that when somebody told me, I need you to resign because you can no longer do this anymore in the youth ministry aspect of it, I, I, I stopped a lot of the dreams. I wasn't dreaming about building a big youth center. I wasn't dreaming about what would happen at Oasis Baptist Church. It was just, we got to get the work done and we got to get the work done and we were doing things. I allowed fears to paralyze me. I allowed insecurities to paralyze me. I allowed all of these doubts that I had in my mind of why I was the wrong guy to stand before people, before you as your pastor, to paralyze me. And I wasn't leading in the manner that God would have me to lead. And it was several months ago, it was like a light bulb went off and I said, you know what, enough is enough. (laughs) God, you called me here. There were no surprises in that situation. I don't know if you have noticed anything different about me. I don't know. I hope that my office staff has. I hope Dan and Norma, I I, I hope my wife has. But the guy that stands before you today, I still have to deal with some of those same things. But I stand before you today unapologetic to be the pastor of Oasis Baptist Church. I stand, and I don't say that because I'm the the best. I say that literally because I've said I'm sorry for being here for over five years. And I'm not sorry. I'm not. I stayed here. You know why? Because men like Rich said, hey, I'll provide some help for you. Because men like Kenny McCoy came alongside and became a friend and John Burns and Marcus Houston and Alan Cabrales and Steve Say and Mark Neal and Darren Mozzie and men that no longer here and many of you don't know who those people are, but they came alongside of me and they said, hey, let me hold your hand and let me let me lead you through this. Five years ago, six six years ago, Alan said, hey, I have enough faith in that young man down there that he can do this job. I didn't have the faith, but many of you had the faith in me and you would continue to come and you would say, Pastor, that was awesome. And I'm still looking back going, I don't know what was awesome about any of that, but you would say, Pastor, that was great. And Pastor, we love you. And Pastor this and Pastor that. And you were the ones who continued to hold my hand through the process. You were the church that allowed me to learn, to grow, to be molded, to understand that the young man that was formed way back at Hartville, Ohio, 14811 Millrich Road that I grew up on my whole life, where mom and dad loved me and took me to church and showed me how to play sports and showed me how to be a young man and did all of those things that when I went to Liberty and I didn't really know what was going on and I didn't know a lot and I moved to Vegas because all I wanted to do we were going to reach all of Vegas with Christ all the teenagers in Vegas every one of them was coming to Christ but somebody told me no and I allowed it to impact me Twelve years ago, I came to Oasis hurt because somebody said no. And I've led with some of that same thing 
for the last 12 years, the last six years. And this morning, life hasn't radically changed. We're not seeing 5,000 people here this morning. But here's what has changed for me, and I hope that it, you can begin to stop and look back. 2019 at Oasis is going to be a different year. Not because we're changing how we do church, but because the man that you stand and look at is no longer afraid of standing in front of you. I'm no longer apologizing for being your pastor. But not only that, I'm excited because this building... The only way this building is going to be our building for long is if the whole thing is ours. Because we're going somewhere. Teenagers will be reached in this city. Children will be reached in this city. I don't know if we'll ever do a youth center. I don't know if that was something that was more a dream of Aaron Flanagan or if that was truly a God thing. But I do know this. There's coming a time where teenagers will be in this school, this building or a building of oasises, and they will get tutored, and they will have a place to hang out after school, and they will have a place where, where there's lives that can be changed and impacted because of the gospel message of Jesus Christ. It's coming a time. There will be a time. Guys, I don't know if this is going to scare some of you or not, but there will be a time where children are on this property every single day, all day. Families will be reached. I don't know what that looks like, I don't know if that's through daycare. I have no desire to build a school. I don't know what it is, but I know this. God has always impacted and pressed upon my heart children and young people. And I'm dreaming again. And I really, I don't say this. This isn't, in, like, this isn't really, you know me. It's not about, yay, Aaron, you're cool. No, I share all of these things. God has something for Oasis. And when multiple men told me six years ago, Aaron, the best thing that can be done right now is to take the handful of people that are left, shut the doors, file bankruptcy, and just start over. I went home and I told Mindy, we can't. I just can't stop. Because you know why? Here's why. There's another Aaron Flanagan who's waiting to walk through the doors who's hurt. And it may not be Alan Cabrales and it may not be Rich Frank and it may not be John and it may not be Marcus and it may not be Kenny but there's a whole group of other guys that are coming alongside of. And they're going to say, hey, come on. It's all right. And Oasis, I come before you and I look at all of you, I look at us as a church and I hear it so many times. Well, I can't do this because of all of these things. Let me plead with you. Let me beg with you. 
with this statement. Among the thousands of pieces formed, God chose you. And in the midst of your insecurities and fears, He is with you. Don't stop understanding that God formed you. God knew you. God knew exactly where you would be. God knew every piece of that. And He's using each and every piece of that puzzle to begin to put you together. Here's what Oasis wants to do. I want to come alongside of you and take and help you to where you're like, that's the piece. It goes right there. We just want to, we want to, we want to come along. And I don't know what those fears are for you, but I want to beg you. I want to beg you. Just like I have done this last year, and I've examined a lot of things in my life, I beg you, would you stop apologizing? Stop making an excuse and say, God, you knew exactly what you were doing. Though I don't understand it, here I am. I'm getting out of the way because I want to be used by you. And in 2019, there's several things that are happening. Let me share two things. I've got like six pages of notes left. Are we good? I'm just kidding. In 2019, Dan and I have talked and we've been looking at a lot of things. Our goal is this, the, the theme, if you will, if we go back to the old school independent Baptist church, we just, we just need a big banner to drop right now. Some of you are like, I have no idea what you're talking about. That's okay. It might be better off that you missed all that. But our desire at Oasis this year is that everything that we do is focused on knowing Him. It's always been about Him. It's not that anything's changing. But literally, our sermons, the series, the things that we do at Oasis are focused on that core value of Oasis is that we would know Him. We're doing that initially. There's two things that I want you to be a part of with those. One is just being here. But in two weeks, I start a series And we're going to look at prayer for several weeks. And it's not so much that I'm going to teach you how to pray, but that we are going to begin to make a focus of praying and in our prayer that we would know God in a more intimate manner. So yes, there will be some of the hows and we'll talk about some of those things to help in that process. But more than anything, the focus that we as a body would be more specific in that area at Oasis. Another thing is this, is that the 10th, on February 10th, again, I know this might be last last minute, but I want you to do something for me. You can either do this in two ways. You can grab your Connect card, put your name on it, put know him and a phone number, or you can sign up at the Welcome Center. But starting February 10th, we are going to do a four-week class at 9.30 in the morning. That class is going to be called Know Him. And that class for the next four weeks is going to be teaching and helping you as to how you can have a walk with God in a more intimate manner. 
So we're going to talk about how you can study the Bible, how to pray, how to, uh, why this is important, the fellowship aspect of, of the church. And then the other aspect is how and why we talk about giving and we, we encourage giving. Our desire is to come alongside of you, to present tools to you that you can walk with God. I don't care if you've been at Oasis Baptist Church as long as Alan and Charlotte have been at Oasis Baptist Church. I am asking everybody to try to go through that class. You say, well, all of us won't fit in one of those classrooms. Awesome. So for four weeks, we'll do it, and then we'll have another one for four weeks. And if we need to do another one in four weeks, we'll do another one for those four weeks. And if we need to do this for the rest of the year, we will do it. We think it's vital that we do all that we can to help you in the how of walking with God and knowing Him in a more intimate manner. So if you are interested and you want to be a part of that class, I mean it. Take out your Connect card, put your name on it, Put know him class and give us a phone number because if our class is too full, then we're going to do another one and we'll do another one. But I want you to be a part of that. Our goal is that Oasis Baptist Church and the individuals in it would know Christ intimately. So this morning. We wrap up. You're like, this might be the weirdest invitation slash service that you've been in, and that's okay. But I want to thank you for being here. And I want you to stop and think. As I look around, I, I'm not just going to brush over this for the sake of just brushing over it, but I truly believe I know almost every person in here. There's not too many guests this morning. But I want to ask you the first thing. Do you know Christ as your personal Savior? Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Do not, do not leave today without having an understanding of why God sent His Son Jesus to die upon a cross to be raised again three days later for the sin of all the world. Don't say no to that. But the second thought is to the majority of you here are either regular attenders or members is this. What is holding you back from saying, God, here it is? What are your fears? What are your anxieties? What's your insecurity? Why do you sit in a chair as opposed to greeting somebody? Why do we do this? Why do we do that? And we are paralyzed by so many of our fears and insecurities. I want us to just stop for a, a few moments this morning and say, God, here it is. Here it is. Here I am. And then you all got that little piece of a puzzle. You can do one of two things with it. Well, maybe there's three things. You can put it in your Bible, and maybe this is something that you want to keep. as just to remember that I'm a piece of God's puzzle. There is no mistake in this. Maybe you take it and just leave it on your chair. That's fine. But maybe you would do this with it as well. You would just put on there, you would say, Whatever, you look at yourself as that piece and you would say, I am this. And it might be a piece that you would say, hey, at Oasis Baptist Church, I'm a, I'm a teacher. I'm a nursery worker. I'm a prayer warrior. I am whatever that is. And I know that's very, very vague. But maybe you would just use that and say, this is my piece. And this is, this is where I, got, I feel that God has me for this. 
And maybe throughout the next several weeks, you would just take that piece and you would just drop it on the altar. You don't have to come up during invitation. Maybe it's before the service. Maybe it's whatever. But I'm going to take all of those pieces and we're going to do something with them on one of the walls out in our auditorium or in the lobby there. But maybe you would just put on there. This is who I feel that I am a part of this puzzle. Again, thank you for checking us out online. If you have never been to one of our services, it would be such an honor to have you as one of our guests. If you have made any decision today, our staff would love to celebrate with you. Would you please email us at info at oasislv.church.